listening to the Charles Hoggers. just did the ranking of Ben Folds. Uh, it was really fun. It was really exciting. And now it's a happy hour mini-sode, a.k.a. the Rock This Bitch Hour, where we just kind of freestyle do whatever we want. It is Evan Sadi. It is Terrell O'Reilly. It is special guest and chartographer's all-star, Bria Vale O'Reilly, uh, all together in one place. And hey, guess what? It's the happy hour mini-sode, which means we got to start with the thing that we do at the start of every happy hour mini-sode, which is fellas, friends, and countrymen. What is the worst Ben Folds song? Levi Johnson's Blues. Okay. I, 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 as much as that, like, yes, uh, I would also argue, what is the worst one that he wrote, like, lyrics to? Ooh, that's a lot harder. I know. Because, like, and as much as, like, I want to go with Bitch Went Nuts, like, I'm like, okay, that's, I also I almost feel like it's too obvious, but, you know, at the same time. It wasn't intended to be yeah, an actual exactly. song at first. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, honestly, there's, my least favorite songs of him are all the ones where I'm like... This sounds like a high idea that you didn't need to finish in the studio. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. I And yeah. I knew you were going to ask this question, and I still don't think that I have a good answer. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, like I said, I feel like his lesser songs are just unsuccessful. They're not bad. Mm-hmm. You know, we've listened to a lot of artists that have actively garbage songs yeah. that you need to skip but he doesn't really have those they're just sort of boring you know yeah landed's real fucking boring i still don't know why that was a fucking single oh i I get it yeah i mean i get get it it. it's it successfully as soon as you said it's ripping off tiny tiny dancer i was like oh i can hear it yeah and also now i understand why it's one of his most popular songs because it is actually strings version uh i would say also yes man off of so there was kind of up there for me Hmm. That's fair. Love for it. Uh, yeah, what do, you, what do you say? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking through. Um, I would agree with Yes Man. I also, and I know Tara and you like the uh, like it as a song without the words, but I think F10DA is not necessary oh. in the world. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I think Evan liked it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, one of us liked it, yeah. Yeah, that might be the winner for me. Also, we uh, didn't talk about uh, There's Always Someone Cooler Than You off of Sunny Speed graphic. Take the fuck out of that. You dig the fuck out of it? I do. Good. I like that one. Yeah. I uh, also wanted to mention, I love Cologne, but it doesn't become an all-timer for me until you put on the piano orchestra version. Mm. I think that, I didn't really, that song didn't even register with me until I saw the music video, which is the piano orchestra version. And Mm. I was like, Oh, yeah. okay. It just sort of pumps up the majesty a little bit, mm-hmm. which I'm always a fan of. I saw that part of the other night. Oh, God. Pumps up the majesty. Really solid quality stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I actually, while we're talking about, and I think this came up in the, the full one too, but I don't really uh, need Aaron Dog in my life. Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's good. This dick be crazy. I can't control it. What are you going to do? I'm on wife five. My life is crazy. I know. I mean, he is. Uh, did you any? Of, did either of you watch the sing off? Yeah, a little bit. I watched. Idea. I watched the first. Well, no, I watched highlights from the first two seasons, but I watched the third season 
that had pentatonics in its entirety. How was he? How was he as a judge? He's fantastic. Yeah, very very knowledgeable. I mean, when we're talking about a a musician who knows what he's doing, if you if you know piano as well as he knows piano very clearly, you know how to talk in you you know how to talk arranging because arranging is all you know making the notes fit together which is what playing piano is so mm-hmm. it's sort of if you if you're going to be a strong arranger i think piano is almost a required skill and yeah so so when we're talking about the sing off i mean he's very knowledgeable about like what works and doesn't both sonically as well as like energy and performance wise you mm-hmm. know by this point he had been a full-time musician for a full decade more yeah two decades i think right yeah because he started in 92 i think yeah so you know when i interviewed him uh you mentioned how when they did the show they initially filmed the first three episodes like all in a row together and so they gave him this packet and i'm just like it's a packet of things to say i'm just like okay so this person they uh they just got in a fight with their girlfriend and this person they come from a poor neighborhood you know like for each of the different groups that were competing and they're just like you really you need to read the packet. You need to say the things in the packet out there. And he's like, okay, cool. Yeah, no. And, and he said that he's like, he had the packet. He's looking at it. He's like, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this. And as soon as the performance happened, he's like, okay, that bass is off right now. And we need to get you in line with the tenor right now because this is not working. And so he's mm-hmm. saying, using a lot of musical terms. Well, and what, yeah. I mean, that was why that show was so good was because it was a him. member of Boys to Men. I can't remember which one. Yeah. Him and Sarah Bareilles, who all... I mean, really know not just music, but singing and vocal harmony. And, you know, obviously Boys to Men is a, a vocal group. That's their whole thing. Is right. Making multiple voices work together. And we talked about how Ben Folds is like early on almost known for the, the way that he uses backing vocals, which is a lot of what acapella is. And mm-hmm. then Sarah Barella is similarly, you know, a very fluent in piano, was in an acapella group in college. So like... These were all people who spoke with a lot of knowledge about the music and about the way that they could have like changed the arrangement to make it be more effective and like real tangible career advice and not just like, oh, you're on a reality competition, so here's your story. Like it was so much more than that. And that's part of why it was so entertaining to me. And he mentioned how after they filmed the episodes, they're just like, didn't read the effing packets. You need to read the packets. And he's like, I'm going to lose this fucking job. And then they actually went to air. And he says that the only time he's ever been the number one search on Google was after the airing of the first episode of The Sing-Off when he started using musical terms and people were trying to look up who he is. And that's what listeners responded to the most. Mm-hmm. And so then at that point, no one really... Well, again, it's a show about acapella. Right! It's the only people watching it are choir nerds. So of course <laughs> yeah. that's what they they want to hear yeah. yeah and he also Great. said that it was disappointing too because like they're getting ready like the biggest reason they were always on the verge of cancellation because they hadn't made a hit group you know from it the way american idol had and then of course the third season like oh pentatonics they're a thing and of course then they get canceled at that point but also he i was just you know, it was fun to me too because he's like i've never seen american idol i didn't realize they didn't talk about music in american idol <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Oh shit! They didn't really. Though. Yeah, no, they, it 
It's about being famous. It's not about being a good yeah. performer. I mean, right. you know. And we didn't mention in our list list of albums that we were ranking and not ranking, we did not mention uh, his acapella university choir album that he put together, too, because he's so enmeshed in that world, apparently. He just flew around to different university choirs and just had them do arrangements of his songs and just uh, of, of, you know, Brick and Effington, you know, his two biggest hits. Uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> it was just so out of it's just really, really interesting. He's got a lot of just interesting ideas, but he's also at a point too where he can just kind of do that right now too. He has that freedom. I don't think he's beholden to having to make another big commercial hit anymore, which is still funny given the fact that the Sound of the Life of the Mind was his first album to ever give you in the top ten on the Billboard charts. I, you know, the charts are weird. Though. <laughs> I, mean, I think that just has to do with people being so excited there was another Ben Folds five album. Yes, right. It wasn't. You know, because the album was good. Necessarily, it was like, oh my god, they have fans stayed at home. (laughs) All those (laughs) Rival Rock fans were like, "Damn, I gotta get this." Uh That's right. That's right. That's a reference to the music video of "Do It Anyway." For those of you, I don't know. Oh, oh, you have you seen it? No. Oh yeah, there's a That's Fraggle it's, Rock. It's with the Fraggles. That's it's funny. You should watch it. I yeah. will. I will enjoy it very much. And Anna Kendrick for some reason too. She's because she's awesome. everywhere. Because yeah, people are always surprised that she can sing. She has a show on Quibi. Uh, <laughs> 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 Ooh, yeah. Well, uh, you rock this bitch. Your dad was in the crowd for that. That is the thing where every time he goes to a date, he invents a new song using the phrase "rock this bitch" of whatever mm-hmm. type of opacity. And he's apparently, as we were discovering in the Spotify archives, uh, he's put out actually a surprising number of versions of that song out there. Yes. Well. Yeah, the original was on the Ben Folds live album from 2002, which also I feel like because that was still in his his quote unquote golden era, I feel like most of his fans probably got that because as far as like when you look at Spotify, the streaming numbers are just as high for that live album Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as any of these other early records. Um, And in fact... Tiny Dancer is one of his more popular songs, the cover off of that live album. I think I also, you mean Landed. <laughs> yes, Landed. I mean, I, that is also... Keep making the joke, Evan. Five. It'll yeah. be it'll be funny eventually. It, is, it, is legit, it has like four and a half million streams. It's, not, it's, it's not, not popular. I mean, you don't rip off Elton John and, and not get love, not right? That's why you rip right. off Elton John. Right. <laughs> We talk about how Zack and Sarah is basically a Billy Joel song, but like in the best way possible. I love Zack and Sarah. Yeah, me too. We also, didn't really talk about that that much. I think. Yeah. Well, no, we, I don't think we talked about it at all. But yeah. I love it. If you had asked me before this week what my favorite Zach, uh, Ben Folds song was, I probably would have said Zack and Sarah. Mm-hmm. Now I, I, yeah, it's. I don't know that I would call it my favorite still. I, but also, part of that might just be because I never let it. I I never let myself rediscover it. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, like there were there were a lot of like rediscoveries this week where I was like, oh shit, maybe this is my favorite Ben Folds song. Whereas like Ben Fo- Zach and Sarah, I've been listening to yeah. nonstop for years. Would you say your favorite is "Don't Change Your Plans Now"? Um, that's up there. I would say my favorite's "Still Fighting It." Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's 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 really good. And also, you know, and, and the thing is, like, he is the rare kind of person that can get you in the mood for a battle. And sometimes I really have to be cajoled into it. Yes, I lied. My favorite's not the same. What is it? Oh, not the same. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Good. It's, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, there's they're jostling for the number one position. Yeah. It it changes. So, yeah. Bree, was Unauthorized Biography always your favorite, or did you kind of have a re- reevaluation this week? 
Oh, no, it pretty much... It, I mean, I s- switched it back and forth with Rockin' the Suburbs uh-huh. this week, it, but it was at the top the whole time. Uh, but it, it grew on me as a human. Like, it hasn't been my favorite record since 1999. But, um, you know, I, I liked it for a long time. Uh, yeah. I think it's just... It, it has a lot of good memories, and even going back and listening to it, songs that I forgot that I liked. Um, but yeah, I think Mess is just so quality, and Narcolepsy is... Just the piano on it is so impressive, and uh, yeah, I I don't know. So speaking of, we talked about his live album. Tell us about seeing him live. How many times have you seen him live? Uh, three. Wow. Yeah, I saw him twice in college. Once right after Reinhold Messner came out, so once like '99, and then uh-huh. once in it must have been 2001. So it was at Cornell. I suppose it could have been 2002, but right around there. Yeah. Um, and then I saw him with. Our sister Karita, I don't think you were there, Taryn, when we saw him with Bernie Ladies at Northern Island. I was not there. Yeah. Um, and I don't actually, I had to double check if that show, I was like, wait, did he play with Bernie Ladies? That show was not super memorable for me. I think maybe because it was the third time I'd seen him and I was just, I don't know if that also, was in place or whatever, but. That, um, wasn't that also like post-Ed? Yes, right. So for so, a lot of reasons, I would not have gone to that show if I was not invited by my sister and it was like a fun thing to do together. Um, it was a fine concert, but the, the ones I really remember are the first time that I saw him, um, I was going to school in Ithaca, New York, and my friends were also Ben Folds fans, and we drove to Syracuse, which was not wow. far, but it was right. like far enough. It's still a drive, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, for a, a rock show, started at eight or whatever, um, Tegan and Sarah opened. No, they opened when I saw him in... In, 2001. in 2001, because he yeah. changed Zach and Sarah to Tegan and Sarah. He opened the show. Aww. He opened his part with it, and he, he made it Tegan and Sarah. Um, I love that. I love that. <laughs> but it was the first time that we sang along with ARMY, and that was fun, um, In in the, the first time I saw him. And then afterwards, I drove, instead of back to Ithaca, I drove to Pittsburgh, where Nico was going to school at the time. And so I arrived at, like you know, two in the morning or something for a long weekend with my girlfriend. Um, so that was a very memorable. The whole trip was just great. Oh, <laughs> with a little bit of Ben Foltz kind of back in the whole thing. I love yeah. That. Fun, fun fact, Ithaca is gorgeous. Ithaca is uh, gorgeous, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's just eventually We saw him uh, during his uh, So There tour uh, and Taryn wanted to leave halfway through. I, which I still, I always feel bad when that happens, but it just wasn't, didn't have the same energy. Right. I imagine was performing with Y Music and it was a whole thing and it was just, it was, I mean, he'd been doing, I mean, this is his, you know, third or second decade of, you know, as a recorded artist there. So he kind of had a. I also didn't love the record. Yeah. Like, you know, I had listened to it and been like, these are songs. I still thought it would be fun to see him live, but. It was not fun. It was not. not, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Well, he was very fun in the early. Oh, I can imagine. In the early two thousands, when he was still loving life. (laughs) Another sort of on topic, but he also has the live album from two thousand five with the um, Perth Symphony Orchestra on Spotify, and there's definitely a few like essential versions on there for me, like. That version of Steven's Last Night in Town, incredible. Because, oh. like, it's already, like, a fully 
produced song to begin with, but then to hear it like almost Rhapsody in Blue style, where it's just they threw everything at it. It's quality, quality stuff. I agree. Well, the par- part of the reason that we, of course, were there for the So There tour was because that was the time I got to go backstage and fucking interview him, which was super fucking weird, too, because on top of it, beforehand, I was hanging out with the manager, and this is like, you know, right before the show, when all the VIPs, they get to have their photo with him. So there's like a line of like 150 people that paid for this thing, where like they just get to go behind a backdrop that has, you know, Ben, ben Fold, So There tour, or whatever, and they just get to go up to him, have like five seconds of time, snap the photo, and then just move on, and do that like 150 times. And I remember just like, I talked to the manager, like, is he with this like yeah he's kind of got used to it you know after a while and so then i see him you know uh backstage in his dressing room just i'm in his dressing room with just him and just my phone and it's just weird and there's like literally there's a bottle of whiskey and it's like down to like the last like 120th of whiskey still left in there just kind of hanging out there he's just kind of wandering around he's done a billion interviews before here's another one and just like kind of talk to him a bit the first question is a little bit dismissive but then he kind of once he realizes i did my research on the questions he's kind of getting into it a little bit more and I kind of ask him about that too of just like how was it you know weird doing all those photos and he talks about like I mean it's at this point where it's very mechanical so I don't have to spend a lot of time with the people but it's still really interesting to hear people just be like this was I played this song at my wedding and this song really got me through a divorce and just like people just kind of like he's kind of I think he's been famous long enough. He's kind of kind of blasé to whatever impact he's had on people's lives to a degree because, you know, when you're famous, you're in a different, you know, echelon than anyone else like that. But then I felt super weird because we had a pretty good discussion once he kind of broke down a little bit. But at the very end, I'm like, hey, I know this is very ironic because I know you just did this 150 times up there, but do you mind if you get a photo together? And he's like, sure. But the thing that was also really funny was that I mentioned that uh, the Wi-Fi at Terran's parents' place is literally the name of the Wi-Fi is B-Folds 5. And I mentioned that to him, and he was like, I really like that. He really dug that for some reason. He was just like, of course they would. Like, not realizing that Ben Foles was such a big part of the O'Reilly household growing up. I'm curious as to what your dad said, uh, if he had any insights specifically into why he loved Ben Foles specifically, too. I mean, I don't think he said any big things that were different from what we've been talking about. I mean, I I do, I think his favorite is probably also Rock in the Suburbs, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but... You know, we talked about how it's a really strong debut for a debut. It's it's sort of crazy how there aren't really big, weak songs on it and how... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay. The thing that's interesting, though, I was just looking up his uh, Twitter history or the recent stuff, and he has a Patreon open right now. And it's a one-tier Patreon where you can pay $10 a month to see him uh, give music lessons and, you know, talk about recording his upcoming album. But he has over 1,200 people that are subscribed to his Patreon. So he's making $12,000 a month just doing Patreon videos, which is kind of wild to be at. Like, it's one of the things where I know he wrote his biography. And, like, you know, he is, like... He is probably one of the bigger cult artists. Like, his commercial heyday is long and gone. But he has worked quite a bit as a ranger and co-writer, too. He's worked with Amanda Palmer uh, on quite a few things, Sarah Bareilles, and, of course, Kesha on the song Rainbow off of her album mm-hmm. of the same name, mm-hmm. uh, which is a phenomenal record, one of my all-time favorite albums, probably. I know it's on Karita's top ten list, too, but it's just on, like, he's in the music video, even, too, of just him. Of course, like, he would come in and do a wild arrangement for that kind of song, too, because... What, what else would you do? Get that pop money, baby. I don't know, it's just <laughs> interesting. I don't know any other, like, major collaborations or co-writes. I really like that Ben ZP he did with Lee and Queller. Well, he did the William Shatner album. He did do the William Shatner album, because <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. 
his fucking In Love off of Fear of Pop is so goddamn good. I love that song so much. I actually haven't heard the William Shatner album uh, all the way through. Oh, I, I think it it is at the very least interesting. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's like quality and I want to hear it, um, I, I'm, I'm not totally sure, but... <laughs> That's how I feel uh, about most of William Shatner's musical output. It's interesting. And for that matter, Leonard Nimoy's too. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fascinating that it's here. Yeah. Bilbo, yeah. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, any other uh, crazy, wild, wonderful Ben Folds thoughts? No, but well, I. Oh, go ahead, Taryn. I mean, I was just gonna say there's still so many like B sides and rarities. I feel like we haven't touched on. Like. Well, you wanted to talk about Rufus Wainwright. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, speaking of uh, foundational to our family, or at least popular in our family, Rufus. Rufus Wainwright. Right. So then when they collaborated, it was like, whoa. Um, (laughs) But yeah, their their cover of Careless Whisper is also a a highlight. Also, the Ben Folds 5 cover of Video Killed the Radio Star is really fun. And She Don't Use Jelly. They do it like a yeah. loungy rework. Lounge version. It's yeah. super fun. I know a girl who... Yeah. Mixing our, all of our favorites together. We will cover every artist who's worked with the Flaming Lips at some point together in our goddamn uh, <laughs> podcast. Yeah, we need to do a much. Miley Cyrus episode uh, and include dead pets. I, I hear low-key, low-key. I'd be really fucking fascinated to see how that turns out. Not gonna lie. Include her, like, early Disney Incl- Channel. Include her, the e- her the song that she did with album. RuPaul. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Bitch, I got catitude. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. But, I mean, Kesha was also on the Flaming Lips Collaborative EP, too. Erica Badu. There's so many other things we could do on there. Erica Badu, that'd be a good one, too. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... Erica Badu. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brie is outright rejecting this altogether. So, Brie, I, I need to know, genuinely, were there any albums that were, like, discoveries for you this week? Like, things that you had never really bothered to look into or anything? Well, yeah, both of the, the most recent ones, uh, Sound of the Life of the Mind and So There, I had, so, I like, I knew that they existed, but I was kind of, you know, Ben Folt's heyday has passed, and so yeah. I hadn't, I didn't really pay attention to them before this week, and I was surprised by both of them although ultimately you know they ended up at the bottom but uh, there were some there were some gems on there you know some songs that i like and we'll listen to again Um, and and then of course we didn't talk about it in his rankings but of course his over the hedge soundtrack you know mm -hmm. legendary well that's uh a song from that ended up on super sunny yeah still yeah right well, I think even the other tracks from there are fine Ben Fold songs. Um, mm-hmm. Heist and Lost in the Supermarket. They have like sort of this is for a children's cartoon lyrics to them a little bit. But as far as songs go, they're not they're not bad. Um, yeah, he's got some brass in there. He's well, they got, also yeah. yeah. I think I I don't rem- I know that I saw Over the Hedge. Yeah. I don't particularly recall it being a good film, but. Someone is playing those songs because they all have like two to three million streams on Spotify. Yeah, they were in his which top I'm 10. like, yeah. oh, oh, I didn't realize this was a thing. <laughs> he, like some people probably know him as the guy who did the Over the Hedge soundtrack. Oh yeah, probably yeah. Which is just crazy. Hilarious. Yeah. Which also had a version of Rock in the Suburbs with oh, the, William Shatner. Yeah, the kids' box mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's that- right. Did either of you listen this week to uh, either of his 2019-2020 political songs? 
Oh. I've heard 2020. I didn't hear one from 2019. Uh, it's called Mr. Peepers. It's about Rod Rosenstein. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> how, how is that as a song? It's, uh, as a song, it's fine. It's a Ben Foltz kind of throwaway song. He's talking about, you know, thank God for lawyers, basically. It's really, <laughs> it's okay. really interesting. Um, I also know that uh, he, uh, this last year in 2019, he was doing a podcast through an arts vote reach out program where he wanted to interview every uh, presidential candidate. So he uh, interviewed everyone from fucking Beto O'Rourke to, uh, uh, that, that, Eric Swalwell. Oh yeah. Beto O'Rourke is the biggest get that he got out of that. <laughs> he did not uh, really get to interview Bernie or Elizabeth or, uh, anyone, anyone else, uh, on there. So, which is really interesting, but Hey, it was, a, it was a good effort though. Get to know he, the candidate. That's the thing. He isn't like, you know, he hasn't put out a new album album in five years, but he's not doing nothing. Like he also during quarantine has been doing like full weekly concerts from his house that are all in his YouTube. Mm -hmm. So he's put out like, you know, a dozen or so hour and a half concerts in the last year too. Well, he did, I was reading on his Wikipedia, one of the very first live albums for maybe it was YouTube or maybe it was even back in like MySpace. But like one of the things where just everyone does that now, he did the very first one. Oh, um, which yeah. I thought was I think interesting. it may have been the MySpace one, too. Yeah, I remember there was the one, the Sessions at 50, 54th, which is actually, I think, where I heard the uh, uh, Don't Use Jelly cover for the first time, too. But of course, you know, of course he wouldn't do that. And I remember hearing that, and it's one of those days in the early internet where you hear this thing like, Ben Folds 5 doing She Don't Use Jelly, and you just get that single MP3 and you have no way of verifying whether or not this is actually true <laughs> right. or not. Yeah. Uh, you're just like, it sounds like it. If it's not Ben Folds, it's a damn good imitation, but you have no idea of, like, knowing... <laughs> Exactly where it's too. But even it was funny too because uh, Turn even sent me the YouTube video for Bitches Ain't Shit. He's like, listen to this now before it gets taken down. Uh, and I'm right, cool, because it was an unofficial posting yeah. and the, uh, it's been completely stripped officially um, as of this year. That happened in June. Um, oh, wow. I didn't even realize it was, that. Oh, yeah. It was like uh, during the George Floyd protests, he decided that he did not want to support his cover of Bitches Ain't That's anymore. actually, I really respect that. Because, because, it, because the lyrics are like specific enough to black culture that he didn't think it was right that yeah. that was one of his more successful songs. And for a time, I remember him saying that after that cover came out, it was his second most requested song after Brick at shows. Like, even though it wasn't like a chart hit, it was viral enough that people were like asking for that. Right. So he, well, yeah. That also, and I, I am not you know, throwing my weight behind this, but I did read an article comparing various songs from modern popular musicals and the similar passages from Ben Fold's songs. Um, there were a couple from Dear Evan Hansen that were, it was like comparing like, this section is very melodically similar, but also there's a song from Hamilton where like the underscoring sounds very similar to Ben Fold's cover of Bitches Ain't Shit. Interesting. Interesting. Well, then, well, that's also that might be true too because on the Hamilton mixtape that uh, Lin Manuel Miranda put together, he got uh, uh, Ben Bolt to do "Dear Theodosia" uh, off that too. So he huh. very there was a very clear line of inspiration he was pulling from. Well, and I also feel like every you know piano player of a certain age knows a couple Ben Fold songs. Like I feel like even though he wasn't a massive breakout star. He was absolutely a star among, like, suburban theater kids. And well, that's who's writing the musicals these days, yeah. you know? 
Well, and he has, as mentioned a couple times in the in the full length episode, he has a very musical theater esque quality to some of his writing, and in fact wanted to like before moving back to North Carolina and making you know becoming Ben Folds Five, he was in New York doing theater and considered not even doing music anymore for a minute. So mm-hmm. he's definitely got that that theatrical in him as well, and so it's an easy progression. Well, I also feel like you could really jukebox musical the shit out of his discography. You could make a musical out of his song, his already existing songs so easily. Oh, 100%. You know, listen, if they could do that with Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette, you could easily do that with this. Here. I mean, he well, has like two dozen unique characters, and some of them even already repeat, but even the ones that don't, I mean, the ladies of Ben Folds, right? There's like Jane, Jane Belinda, Sarah, Lisa, Kathy. Yeah. yeah. Literally mm-hmm. half of the songs on Rock on the Gracie. Suburbs are names of people. Yeah. 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 Fred. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. The characters write themselves. It's easy to do. We Annie. can make it happen. Yeah. Ben Folds, if you're listening, please let us know. We Kindly. can assemble this musical for you, Stephen. Uh, it's it's going to be very easy to do. We can do it a full thing. Apparently, even uh, one of the guys who did the Dear Evan Hansen, La La Land, uh, Greatest Showman uh, musical shit, he apparently uh, gets occasional uh, coffee lunches with... Uh, Ben. Oh, yeah. Just like they talk about jazz records. They don't talk about musical projects at all. Hmm. But it's just like, oh, okay, got it. I remember being, uh, I haven't seen Dear Evan Hansen all the way through because one, Ben Platt annoys me as a human, but also uh, they did waiting, uh, Waving Through a Window. They kept trying to make it to a real pop song moment. Uh, and because they initially re- released a cover of that song by Owl City. And when that didn't take off, they had another version of it by Katy Perry. So it's just like, okay. I'm sorry, is it 2010? <laughs> is this what you think is popular? Do you think a thousand lightning bugs are going to give you hugs? Is that what you think is going to happen? <laughs> well, we're going to do the Owl City discography for Chartographers. That's just good. Weird how everything <laughs> ranked at the bottom. Yeah. when Evan gouged his... His eardrums out. <laughs> uh, deer in the headlights, baby. Uh, hey, so, Bree, any other uh, last Ben Folds thoughts, ideas, concerns? I, I, so I'm curious, because we talked a little bit about covers that he has done. He's, you know, he does them a lot. He loves doing mm-hmm. them. But I am hard-pressed to think of anyone who has covered Ben Folds That's well. a very good point. Yeah, I don't think, I don't so. think so. Like, nobody it, nobody does. <laughs> and I wonder really why. interesting. I, th- I think potentially because his songwriting is so introverted in a way where it just feels like everything kind of comes from this place. It comes from a specific point where I think people just attribute his autobiography, so it feels weird to cover to a degree. Also, a lot of his most popular songs are a little gross, and maybe coming from another person, people would realize that more. Yeah, listen, interesting. Maybe. I, I will listen to Owl City's cover of Password, though. That sounds like a great old time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also think that some of the less popular songs that, like, we love... Um, would be perfect. Would be great as, like, a, you know, yeah. a track 10 on a 12-track album by somebody. Time. You know? Yeah. Hey, or, like, smoke. Yeah. Mess. Zach and Sarah, right? Um, yeah. You could see That's where... Really interesting. That's a good point. You know, you're only I, mean, I didn't really look for them this week. Though. True, it may exist. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, well, I didn't look for them, but I've never come across them. And as a true. Benfolds yeah. fan, you would think. I would say if you all, if the listeners at home, if you know of a good Ben Folds cover that does exist, let us know. Uh, we're on Twitter at The Chartographers, Facebook The Chartographers, and if you want to, thechartographers at gmail.com if you want to reach out. 
uh, we'd love to hear from you because we're just genuinely curious and we will make sure this information gets passed along if it's good and if not we'll just delete the goddamn email because oh. we're assholes oh, wow. like that okay. we're going to let Nick Hornby know specifically what our thoughts are uh, but yeah so yeah the weird no covers of Levi Johnson's blues kind of weird how that happens I just don't know don't know why. Uh, but I would say in the meantime, though, Bree, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for joining us and yeah. talking about this and rocking this bitch, as the kids say. Uh, all together, Taryn, as always. Yeah. yeah this had, was fantastic. We had to call the ambulance because our takes were so hot right now uh, that uh, <laughs> we had to make it happen. Uh, third degree burns from these hot takes going on right now. <laughs> Uh, but all I will say is that, uh, meanwhile, everyone, please let us know what you think uh, in the comments below, if there's comments on here, or leave us a review, as always, or reach out to us as aforementioned. In the meantime, though, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Keep on listening, because you know will be. Have a good one, everybody. Good. Getting a little spacey at the end there. Yeah.